dear mother, we put in the middle of this meditation of a daughter of yours, poor, has not been born to transmit to the others, but today is abandoning herself to you and your arms to, to do a reflection with her sisters. I press you, mother, and I bless you, and I thank you for every moment that you have given me, for wanting to know you more, for awakening in me the desire to console your sorrowful heart. Jesus tells us, I desire that my mother's maidens unite to listen, reflect, and pray together. I, her beloved son, desire to console her sorrowful heart through each one of you. Are you happy, Lord? Jesus, you have us now. That's what we have come for. And we have come to your summoning. We want to learn to console the sorrowful heart of your mother. So many times it has been ignored. I must share with you, my sisters, that I have been meditating and asking Jesus and Mary how to learn to enter into the soledad of their hearts. What do you want to point out to me when you speak to me of entering into the cloister of your immaculate heart? What is the passage to go deep into your heart, Mother? For what and why did you invite us to enter into the cloister of your heart? Those questions came in the moments of prayer since she invited us to enter in the cloister of her immaculate heart. In the simple path to union with God, there is a chapter that speaks to us about the passage to enter in the heart of Christ. Immediately when I meditate, that chapter three of the simple path to union with God, I thought, and what is the passage to enter into your heart? And in, during adoration time, came to my heart, Jesus, at the moment of agony, when someone is about to die, the things that they say are very important. That's how we un understand the will of a person. So in the seven words of the will of Jesus, here is your mother, son. Here is your mother. And to Mary, he said, mother, here is your son. When Jesus received the piercing, with the sword of the soldier to check if he was dead and 
From there comes the ocean of mercy. Jesus is already dead. The one that receives that sorrow that pierces our heart through and through with the sword, that's Mary. And she's the first one to receive the abundance of mercy. The full of grace is the one that received this superabundance of mercy to share it with all her children. Mother, I was conceived through the piercing of sorrow that you received at Calvary. And I am making a memory with great gratefulness that all the moments that you with your son You knew how to console me. You knew how to lead me. You knew how to show me the way to the merciful heart of your son, Jesus. All of us have been conceived through the piercing of the heart of Mary. And all of us are called to do the same with all those that we love. This is the school of Mary. This is the school of her immaculate heart. We want to enter in your immaculate heart, bringing in our hearts all the piercings that we receive from our territory of souls, incorporating them in our hearts. And there, all of us together, Bring all of those that we love. I am a mother of the cross and my identity is to be one with our mother, our sorrowful mother. I have to confess to all of you, my sisters, how I have been shown with great tenderness how my love for Mary was. I felt that I only knew in one direction the love of my mother Mary, a love of consolation, of protection, focus on receiving from her, focus on myself and my selfishness. The simple path to union with God and the teachings of the cynicals so many words that have been given to us with so much love through the mouth of Jesus and Mary and as well opening my heart in the accompaniments that I receive have removed the first blindfold of seeing in Mary only the means of consolation and security to go to Jesus. My identity I'm going to repeat that many times. As a mother of the cross, is to be one with my mother of sorrows. To learn with her maternal care. To allow to have my heart purified of all my misery, all my sins. To be emptied of my egos, my selfishness, all my disordered desires and all my expectations to learn to control and to give to Jesus to suffer with him my emotions learn in the school of her immaculate heart how to die to be one with Jesus 
in those emotions, formed as a victim of love in her heart, a whole life to learn in this school, to imitate her virtues, those virtues of her heart, she says, remain small, innocent, pure, simple, silent, and in continuous prayer. On that path, I have entered with many falls, my sisters, but with determined determination to walk with her in the cloister of her heart. She's receiving, she's showing us when we enter the cloister of her heart, the most intimate and tender of her emotions, her intimacies, where many people do not enter. To enter in the cloister of the heart of Mary is to be able to remain. In the last few years, the Lord permitted, and, and I praise him and adore him because of it, through the storms of big waves, he has permitted in my life and has been forming me. And he continues to carry me, inviting me to enter in the soledad. The first thing is to realize that we are not talking about a chosen soledad. I'm going to share an example with you. The 15th, the 16th, and the 17th of September, it was the Our Lady of Sorrows. And we already have been summoned in this encounter to Mary. I decided to go to Covadonga those three days, looking for silence and solitude, to find space, to have more time to be with our Jesus and prepare my heart for this encounter. It is a solitude and silence that are fruitful but a chosen soledad. I'm not going to share with you about this soledad. I want to meditate aloud with you about this other soledad. Es buena madre y maestra del corazón Y el alma que la recibe crece en amor 
del silencio es compañera y del alma que se ofrece por amor su carcelera en su pasión su fruto es la redención fue el silencio de María y su soledad mi guía para entrar por el camino que me llevará al destino a la santidad mi adentro en la soledad es la herencia divina de la pasión Es la esencia del alma que se une a Dios. Soledad que me lastimas, soledad que me iluminas. Eres rosa, eres espinas de dolor que cercan mi corazón ha llamado a mi puerta la soledad y le ha abierto los brazos de par en par ya me voy acostumbrando a su aroma sus encantos y ha empezado a hacerse dulce su amargo le encuentro ya otro sabor fue el silencio de María y su soledad mi guía para entrar por el camino que me llevará al destino a la santidad me adentro en la soledad me adentro en la Soledad ha llamado a mi puerta la soledad. I invite you, my sisters, to pray with this song. I have sisters spiritual mothers that have accompanied me and they know well this soledad that I'm going to share with you. The song from Maria says, it has knocked at my door, it arrives, is not wanted, 
I shall open wide my arms to her. Welcome, come in. I receive her as a friend and companion of my life. Even if it hurts, she's welcome and must enter. I know she's coming to stay. She stays. My sisters, to love hurts. Today, after breakfast, we were already in silence. My sister Luth to give me a hug. We didn't say a word. And we cried and cried with serene calmness. There was a union of hearts because we have the same sorrow. We could understand each other perfectly. And both were entering in the sorrow of our pain without saying a word. To love hurts. I'm not going to run away from her, my mother. I'm going to embrace her. I'm not going to get dispersed. I'm not going to try to find compensations. I'm not going to be in a constant pilgrimage of going from flower to flower, from one place to another, to appease this soledad. Maria says with her words, she's a good mother and teacher. How well does our sister know this soledad? And I'm sure that it's like each one of you, you know soledad well. She's the companion of silence and of the soul that offers herself for love. It was Mary's silence and her soledad, my guide, to enter the path that will lead me to my destiny to holiness. She's an inheritance of the passion. It's a legacy. It's a present, a gift to unite ourselves more to her and as a consequence to God. It's a gift, it's a legacy, soledad that hurts me, soledad that illuminates me. You are rose, you are the thorns of pain that encircle my heart. That's how the heart of our mother is crowned. She shows the flowers and she receives the thorns and mine and ours. How is it? How is it crowned? I'm getting used to its fragrance and its charms. Its bitterness has already begun to turn sweet. I now find in it a different flavor. The joy of letting oneself be transformed to love Abba's will. To be victim soul of love. Although we are surrounded by people, sometimes we'll feel alone. Our dearest Conchita that became a widow at 49 years old, she tells her daughter, Teresa de Maria, it settles very much on me. It hurts me. It weighs on me. The full soledad 
But this is how the Lord wants me, and so do I. We feel alone when we lack the affection or the support we need. When a loved one dies or moves away. When our relationship is broken. When we have to face a problem or make a decision. When we are misunderstood or when we get sick or when we fail. When God hides from us or when he remains silent. Or when our Jesus or our mother let us share a little of their sufferings. And you, my beautiful sister, on what occasions have you felt lonely? It is a painful and sad imposed loneliness. It makes us uncomfortable. We want to get out of it as soon as possible. This loneliness was experienced by Jesus in Gethsemane. The Spanish poet Gerardo Diego, in a beautiful way of the cross that he wrote, to go to Mount Calvary, meet me in Gethsemane. I invite you, if you wish to reflect on this phrase with Jesus in the Eucharist, how are those moments of Gethsemane in my life? Or do I want to jump them over and go straight to the feet of the cross with that purification that needs to happen, without that battle that makes us share tears of sorrow, of suffering, that made Christ itself sweat blood. He also felt it on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Mary experienced it after the ascension of Jesus until her assumption into heaven. This experience of abandonment and detachment is proving to be a very fruitful path for me. It helps me to feel my littleness and my poverty, my nothingness. My longing for attention, my vulnerability, my helplessness, my disordered desires to be loved. That is why Conchita asked her religious daughter, pray very much to God for me, that I may know how to take advantage of things to go more to him. Personally, at this moment of my life, I feel how our mother helps me, making me open to receive and embrace this soledad as a close bond of union with her. The one that is taking me to the cloister of her heart. This is, fills me with joy, my sisters. It is a beautiful opportunity, a gift from God that I do not want to refuse. To mature in love. Instead of running away, begging for affection and support, looking for compensations, Conchita tells us, take the solitude of the heart by simplifying yourself 
of creatures and things. Keep your soul at peace without getting concerned. And when we feel poor and small, let's say with Conchita, this is how the Lord wants me and it wanted to. One of my core wounds, my father wound, is the wound of an abandonment. My father disappeared from our lives. When I was four years old and I'm 12 years of age. One of the lies that the bad spirit planted in that wound of abandonment is that I have a profound fear too. Solitude, the fear to confront things alone when I have never been alone. And through that wound of abandonment, I have discovered how Jesus had always been with me. Everything that goes in the direction of Soledad, it hurts me. And that's my natural tendency. And that's what I have to be leading with. To be restored in Jesus is how the light is entering the point of suffering, the greatest, the one there is a before and an after, is when Jose and I got separated. All my environment is very wounded. First one, myself. But the Lord put his eyes on my littleness and my nothingness and has been willing to raise a mother of the cross. Impossible without his grace and his help. Jose arrived in my life when I was 70 years old. He was my only boyfriend. And the person that has loved me the most in this life. It has been very difficult to lose him. But it has been a blessing. And because of it, I thank God for the the spouse that he gave me as a companion. Since I was very young, I had a path uh, of walking with Jose. Our vocation was marriage. And we learned through all our life to be vulnerable one to the other. Jose incarnated very well the mandate of Jesus. Love your spouses as Christ loves his church. That's how I was loved by my Jose. When I was beautiful and I was ugly, when I was in order and what was in disorder, when I was tender or when I was harsh. He loved me always. And Jose was the person that the Lord wanted, the first one to remove from my life. And I see on this how the Lord has permitted for my personal growth this piercing, without a doubt, the greatest piercing of my life. 
And he has left me, as you know, in an environment of great disorder with great wounds. One of the wounds, the greatest that I have received was the time of his illness when they left us alone. As Jesus permitted to experience the abandonment, the betrayal, and both of us as only one heart, we received those moments of profound sorrow to bring life to those we love. My sisters, there is a moment that I have recorded in my heart as a treasure that is probably a month before he died. He was very, very weak. He could hardly, he had a pancreatic cancer that didn't allow him to eat anymore. So when he wanted to eat, didn't matter what time he wanted, I would jump out of, of bed to make something for him. It was two and a half in the morning. And he said, I think I have some appetite. So I went out of bed and I trip in the cables, all the, the things that he has around his bed and went to the floor, flat on the floor. I had two surgeries of my back to see my Jose jump out of bed as if he was 20 years old and pick me up from the floor. I tell you with all my heart, I will not change that for my wedding night. The Lord permitted this profound union. He permitted that we were only one heart. In the heart of Jesus, when we were called, when we gave our yes as husband and wife, I repeat, I bless and and give glory to God for this gift because I realize that I have been very fortunate. But as well, also, when you are only one heart, to separate is a little more painful. <laughs> Love hurts. Love hurts. Bless be the Lord. Bless be the Lord. Years and a half is the time that Jose left to the heart of Jesus. And for that, I rejoice and I'm happy because I get away from my sadness and I rejoice with his joy, his happiness. And I thank you, Lord, for his life. My beautiful Jose, you were such an amazing missionary of the cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My husband died and my mom started a cancer. And the disorders in my sons. Mary has been giving me the grace little by little to accompany, especially through two messages that we received from the Lord. I'm not going to read the whole message. Because Lourdes read them in the previous reflection, but they are so powerful. 
very powerful. The first one is from December 28, 2021. Your feelings and emotions do not die, but your will discerns them according to God's will and for his glory. You choose for love of me to allow the spirit to align your feelings and emotions to please me in all things and to aid in the salvation of countless souls. You are no longer driven by your feelings and emotions. You choose to deny yourself solely to please me in all things. You don't allow yourself to be driven by your emotions. I have learned, because I'm very basic, when the feelings are the most intimate, the deepest things. That I learned it well in my marriage with Jose. We had three different planes to communicate. The information, the uh, how is the day, is it sunny? You take the boy to school or do I take him? Who goes grocery shopping? In the pain of ideas, what do we want to project together? What is the way that we're walking? And in the plane of the emotions and the feelings, there is a communication from the heart, from the guts. That's when people become vulnerable. I remember well one day. I had some bad encounters with my mother-in-law. And one night I asked my husband, how do you feel when you see that when I look towards your mother, she doesn't welcome me. And he said, I feel as if I was going deep underwater and I have no air and I cannot arrive to the surface. Love for him made me call my mother-in-law and tell her, never again are we going to make him suffer because we have had a nasty encounter between each other. That's what we're talking about. To learn to have control of oneself in our emotions. When the feelings are positive, I like to put in, in my in, interior a light in green and says, everything goes well. When the feelings are of anger, of wound, of rage, of sadness, a red light, stop. Marco, st- stop, stay there with the Lord. Lourdes explained very well that with the meditation she gave us today, without uh, a climate of silence, without being in contact with what is in, our, in inside of us, it's very difficult because the the feelings take take over. The next message that Lourdes also read, so I'm not going to read the whole thing again. Only what moved me when I received it is 
January 20 of 2022. And just at the end of the message, it says, remember, your emotions are not cut out, meaning the circumcision of the heart, as in the first nail of crucifixion, like your desires, expectations, and attachments. They are integrated into me so that through your denial of self, that is reacting from the they are solely to please me. Your beloved spouse, this is when you live to great perfection, my words. My followers deny themselves, pick out their cross and follow me. Your emotions serve only to suffer with me and to console me. Our union is now consummated in my cross. We have become one. The soul lives abandoned in me and solely to please me. In Gijón, there is a feast that is very important. It's August 15th, the Feast of the Assumption. For me, it has a connotation that has a profound emotional weight because August 14th, during the night, that's, there, there are fireworks in the bay at the beach. And since we were dating, Jose was a lover of Mary. So we we'll walk towards the bay. We always went alone together. He will uh, hug me from the back. And before the fireworks will start, he will say, what are we going to ask Mary for next year? And we will verbalize and we'll see all those fireworks and we'll take an ice cream. Something so simple. I remember it with so much love. He went to heaven on 2020 and 21. There were not fireworks, fortunately, because of the pandemic. So I dealt with the situation not very well, with sadness, with bad sadness. The next year, 2022, there were fireworks. And one of our friends from the parish, I think that Mary sent her, said, what are you going to do the 14th at night? And I said, I'm going to perpetuate with my Jesus. And she said, okay, let's go together. But then let's go together to see the fireworks. On this, I saw that I was searching for a compensation, a refuge not to enter in the sorrow. This year, the Lord prepared, but how he, did he prepare my heart? I went to the Eucharist at 8 p.m. And I had one accompaniment with one sister that I love dearly. Then I go to sleep. I lived just in front of the bay, so to rest was going to be complicated with all the, the sounds of the fireworks. I finished accompaniment, and, and the love of Mary was poured in such a way that I took my jacket and my rosary and went to the, the beach alone. There are like a million people there. 
I start opening my path among the people with my rosary in my hands and I try to find a little corner that will be away. I bought an ice cream, a tutti frutti ice cream. <laughs> I look to heaven and I say to Jesus, I'm learning to be with you in a different way. <laughs> Another time, and again, my husband spoke to me about my other husband. Center yourself. And I did the rosary while the fireworks. There is a night of like people get drunk, a lot of disorders. Among them, it will be my own son. So I pray for all the youth and not so young that that day they enter in deep disorders in the day of Our Lady of the Assumption. I was going back to my house with such a joy in my heart that can only come from God because half an hour before I was going to go to bed with a wrong sadness. All those moments put me in communion with Mary. The word of God was preparing my heart. But there is a reading. It's from St. Paul to the Philippians. And I'm going to share this. It's Philippians 1, verse 21 to 25. It says, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I continue living in the body... That will mean fruitful work for me. Hence, I do not know which I should choose. I am pulled in opposite directions. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. But it is a more urgent need for you that I remain in the body. Those words from Paul were also the feelings of our mother. She was living this perfectly, keeping everything in in her heart. In the meantime, I want to remain in the closure of the heart of your mother, that in this embrace of solitude that saved your souls. The first, my sons, my brother, my brothers, my father, my aunt, the priest that you have put in my life. I want to be pierced by those you have entrusted to me, to carry them in my heart into your heart. May what the Spirit through the Immaculate Heart of Mary is doing each one of us, my sisters, have repercussion on those who love and those around us. Totally yours, Mary. In the cloister of your heart, take us to the the heart of your son. Amen.